Good morning, everybody, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers present here. If we look at our, our gospel today, Jesus' rebuke of the apostles, O you of little faith, obviously sort of alluding to the fact that they do not have enough faith in him as the Son of God to be able to, to work the miracle, to be able to calm the seas. Uh, but in Scripture, the New Testament, the Old Testament, and even in the early church, Pope Benedict illustrates in his document, his encyclical, on the gift of hope, that faith is intimately connected to hope. Faith isn't just belief in someone. It is connected to that virtue that gives us the ability that no matter how bad things seem, how bad things get, we believe that there is a world on the other side, that Jesus is going to help us get through and we can pass to the kingdom of heaven. It's all founded on the belief in God and the belief in the incarnation. According to St. Paul, Pope Benedict says, and the Ephesians, before the encounter with Christ, they were without hope because they were without God in the world. To come to know God, the true God, means to receive hope. If there's no God, then when we die, there's no other land after the, the world that we live in. There's no heaven. There's no eternity. But if God exists and Christ has come and descended to the darkness, took on our sin, and then rose from the dead, then we have hope. And so if you apply it to the gospel, in the gospel, the apostles were despairing. Why? Because they had lost hope they were going to make it to the other side of the lake. They needed to place their faith in Jesus to know that he, even though he was asleep there in the boat on the cushion, was able to calm the storm and guide them to harbor. So this struggle with hope, the, the, the encounter of despair and depression, anxiety, shame, we've always experienced it as humans, but I think over the course of the past year, year and a half, particularly with COVID, it's been a bigger struggle. People losing or giving up hope. Like in the gospel, they believe that either God is absent or he is like Jesus asleep in the ship. Why are these storms coming? Why is there so much struggle? Why can't we have peace? This is true across the board, but from my experience, I think it is especially true in young people. Young people today, so many who have no faith or an undeveloped faith, often turn to drugs, to suicide, to entertainment, to escape that despair that tends to creep into their lives. And so I've been here now for 11 years at Wisdom, and it has been a great blessing that I've been able to work with hundreds, if not thousands, of students with a very strong faith and a real lively hope in their lives that even when things get bad, when things do not make sense, they never give up hope. It's a real faith that believes even when things get dark, even when things are not easy. And from that, there's a real joy, there's a real peace that tends to flow. And so it's given me a lot of hope. I often hear people despairing of the future because this young generation doesn't believe. But I see something quite different, that while there may be struggles out there, there is a good number of young people who do believe, giving me hope and so many others here in the parish. So a lot of people say that coming and seeing so many students 
at daily mass or at Sunday mass gives them great hope for the future. But what I want to talk about today is what enables these young people to believe, to have this faith that is connected to hope, to be able to press through <coughs> even when things get dark and difficult. And this is something that I think is important for young people, but it is important for all of it. And so from my experience, and also from something I read in Father Jacques Philippe's little new book called Priestly Fatherhood, a great book to give to fathers both spiritual and physical, confirms what my experience has borne out over my 11 years working here. The thing that is the most important for instilling a faith-filled hope in young people is the experience of the love of a father. And this doesn't mean that those who have not necessarily had that experience are all de doomed to atheism and despair, no. But it is the love and the consistent love of a father that helps young people believe, to have the hope, to press forward. And I've repeated it so many times. When I have seen young people struggle, young adults struggle, it's almost always centered around an experience of shame and insecurity. Nine times out of ten. Not guilt for what they've done, but shame for who they are. For things that were done to them, or things that they chose. They experience shame, they begin to doubt themselves as unloved or unlovable. They see themselves often as a burden or a mistake. And so many of these people, these young people, the common denominator tends to be that they have broken, strained, or non-existent relations with their parents, or in particular, with their fathers. They've never really experienced or understood that love is unconditional. The unconditional love of a parent, the unconditional love of a father. That you are loved not for what you do or what you achieve, but for who you are in and of yourself. And so what happens is this insecurity sets in, this shame, this feeling that they are unloved or unlovable because they have not experienced it from their father, and it's sort of transferred to God the Father. Seeing God not as a loving, compassionate God or Father, but someone who is upset with them, or angry, or disappointed, that they do not live up to his very, very high and often unrealistic standards. But this is simply not true about our Heavenly Father as revealed to us by Jesus, nor should it be true about our earthly fathers either. Earthly fathers should be a reflection of God the Father's merciful love. And so I want to sort of really share a quote from Father Jacques Philippe in his new book. It's sort of long, but it encapsulates everything that I'm trying to say. What really is the key for instilling faith and hope in young people? He says, all of us, whatever our errors or wounds may be, must feel welcomed and loved as we are. The Father never has an attitude of rejection, disdain, hardness, or judgment against another. He even has a special affection for the smallest, the poorest, the most hurting. He has a limitless patience founded on hope. He believes the other even when the other doesn't believe him. I would dare to say, supported by St. Paul, that a kind of unconditional hope 
is one of the aspects of this unconditional love. It seems to me that there is, or here is a beautiful and deep dimension of fatherhood, never losing hope for those whom God confides to us as children, whatever may arise. The father, the physical father, or the spiritual father, is supposed to be a sign of unconditional hope. Faith in that other person, faith in the child, that God believes in you and is not going to give up on you, never going to abandon you or throw you out. And again, that love is so important that sometimes it might mean that there may need to be discipline or there may even need to be punishment to set the, the, the path straight. Why? Because if someone isn't valuable, if they're hopeless, you just give up. But if there's true hope, then you've got to do the work necessary to keep the child on the straight path. And so I've seen this in my time as a priest. I've really done my best to focus on giving hope to young people, that unconditional hope and love, and working with directees and also in the confessional. All people, particularly young people today, need and want someone to believe in them, to be proud of them. They desire this in their lives. And so, of course, I think of the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. The younger son, what does he do? He leaves and he goes and squanders all of his wealth on sin and a profligate lifestyle. But the father never loses hope in him. Never. How do we know this? Because we hear as he's returning home, the father spots him from a long way off and rushes out to greet him and embrace him. This is the power of the hopeful gaze of the father, who even though he knows his son is doing things he should not be doing, he never gives up on him. <clears throat> he's always there waiting, looking for him, scanning the horizon, even when these children are sinning or going in a way that they, the father does not want. He sees the best. He sees the potential in his child, even when they run away and reject him out of shame and guilt. So Father Jacques continues, keeping a hopeful watch on others obviously isn't easy, but this hopeful gaze is a source of life. The father through attitude, words, and the watch he has on those who belong to him must not discourage, but always be encouraging, helping them to believe in themselves and in their possibilities in spite of their frailties or errors. He must never give them a negative view of themselves, but instead demonstrate trust in them. Just as Jesus desired the apostles to trust in him, and therefore to derive this hope that they would make it to the other shore, then the young people, all of us, desire for others to trust in us, to have some hope in us, even though, of course, we are not the Son of God in the same way that Jesus is. And this harkens back to a quote that I've used a lot during my time here at Wisdom and the retreats I've given from Father Jacques Philippe. It's about the eyes, it's about the gaze. He says, we all need urgently the mediation of another's eyes to love ourselves and accept ourselves. The eyes may be those of a priest, a parent, a friend, a spiritual director, but above all, 
They are those of God our Father. The look at his eyes is the purest, truest, tenderest, most loving and most hope-filled in the world. This is the gaze that we as fathers are called to give in a particular way to our children. A gaze that gives hope and helps people see themselves as God the Father sees them. Now at times, even though we may be giving this gaze, the child can reject it. Reject the loving and hopeful gaze. Because why? He's too blinded by his own shame. He can only see his faults and his failures. He's too busy comparing himself to others out of insecurity. This is the older son and the second part of the parable that I just mentioned, Luke chapter 15. The older son is the one who refuses to come into the house to celebrate the younger son's return. He even turns on the father and accuses him and questions him and attacks him for not loving him enough. An attack on this loving father. As much as this surely pains his heart, the father still will not force that older son to accept his love and to come into the house. Although the parable doesn't say it, I would like to believe that he did go back in to celebrate the return of the younger son but always kept the door open, the light on. That's the sign of hope that it's all, he's always welcome to come back in whenever he is ready. This is the sign of the Father's hope. He does not shut the door. He does not turn the light out. And so in conclusion, one of the roots of hopelessness in our own culture, as I said, is a lack of belief that Christ has the power to calm the sea and guide us safe to harbor. But that more immediate cause is what I've also alluded to, the crisis of fatherhood in our culture that we face. So many absent in the lives of their children, emotionally distant, some may be addicted or filled with anger. And I'm not trying to lay any kind of blame here. Many of these fathers never knew the love of their own earthly father. But we have so many good fathers here at Wisdom. And I think that this is why Wisdom as a parish, as a student center, is a beacon of hope for so many people. And so wrapping it up on this Father's Day, I want to thank all the good fathers here. And there are a lot of them here at this Mass. It's good to see a big crowd here who have encouraged their children, who have shown them unconditional love and unconditional hope and guided them and raised them in their faith. Thank you for being a representation of God the Father's love and hope. Second, I want to encourage children here to thank their fathers for their witness and love. No father is perfect. Fathers are going to make mistakes, but still they are doing the best they can to sacrifice for you so that you can come to believe and be well-formed and a hopeful individual. And finally, I want to express my own gratitude for these past 11 years for your help in helping me to grow as a spiritual father, all of your patience and support. It has been a true gift to be able to try and be an image of God's unwavering hope to his children here at Wisdom. Amen.